Hey, this your girl, LaMonica Shanti's coming to you from my own personal perspective and not yours. Well, I know it's been a long time since I made a podcast. And of course, you know, I've had family issues involving my son using these drugs. And I just felt the need to come back on and update everybody about what's been going on. So I know the last episode I talked about being in the hospital with my son driving to Howard University Hospital and, um, you know, sitting with him while he get treated for jumping out of that third uh, floor window. Well, to update you on that story, he went to Howard University Hospital and the, um, the, um, I guess the, the physician or the surgeon for, uh, was it like an osteosurgeon, you know, that deal with like bones and structure or whatever, of the body was at a conference and he was the only one or she who worked um at the hospital's emergency room. So they transferred him to Washington Med Star Hospital Center in Washington DC. So um you know we get to Washington Hospital Center and um you know this this drug epidemic is just not being pushed and pimped by drug dealers, you know, um selling drugs on the street. But I must say these hospitals with these prescriptions are no better than these drug dealers that's in the street pushing these uh, drugs into our communities. So here's the story. And I'm, I'm going to tell you this story um, because I want I don't know who's listening. I don't know who's struggling. I don't know who's going through, you know, um, an episode or a um I feel like their life is on trial because they have a family member or a loved one who is a, uh, you know, in an addiction. And, you know, when a person that you love is in an addiction, the the family is also drowning in that addiction. So he gets to Washington Med Star Hospital and, you know, they see him and everything. So my son is 16 years old. Mind you, no one evaluated his psyche when we was at the first hospital and nobody evaluated him at the second hospital. And I asked that he give FD12 to go somewhere to have a psychological evaluation because it's not normal for anyone to jump out of a third story window. But guess what? Didn't nobody care. Didn't nobody care. I asked that, you know, he be evaluated. Nothing. So they treated him. They x-rayed him. He had broken his pelvics. And so where he broke his pelvis at, it was hard to do surgery in the area and the bone was completely gone. So he has a bone that is completely gone from his pelvis, but the frame of his pelvis, they tell me, is enough to, you know, have him stand strong and, and do everything the same that he's been doing before. Well, getting to the good stuff. Um, they gave my son a bottle of Percocet to go home with. Everybody knew that my son had a substance use issue. They knew the story because I told them that he jumped out of the third story window to chase some drugs. So they knew the story, but they gave him a prescription for Percocet in the hospital. Not only did they give him a prescription for Percocet, but they also gave my son 30 injectable needles that he can use to inject himself to prevent him from getting blood clots. Yeah, I want you to ponder on that for a minute. Getting getting my son used to using needles along with a prescription of Percocet. Yes, ponder on that for a minute. Ponder. Ponder. Mind you, no one screened him for his drug usage or asked him, well, what kind of drugs are you using, son? 
to even consider that the medication that they could be giving him could send him into an overdose if he was already using opioids. So I'm just putting this out here to educate you that if you got somebody using substances and they go into a hospital, find out what else that they want to give them because you should not be giving somebody any type of drugs, prescription <coughs> drugs to go home with and not even question what it is that they're using, whether they answer you or not. I feel like it's your due medical diligence to ask those questions anyway, right? But that wasn't done. He wasn't screened for any type of, um, you know, um, to ask any questions about what kind of drugs he could be using. Um, they didn't ask me. They didn't ask dad. We were all there. So that just lets you know how much people care about you. And if you listen to my last episode or episode um, prior to my last episode let me see so this is episode four so that must have been that might have been three that might have been episode two where i made the podcast saying don't nobody give a shit about you that holds true because my 16 year old went for emergency care right when he did something that was not normal for anyone jumping out of a third story window when the hospital was informed that he is a substance user and he has an addiction and he's in the stage of denial they sent him home with a prescription of Percocet and 30 injectable needles that he can use to self-inject to prevent blood clots. So there you have it. That is the update on the story. I keep constantly attending these uh, opioid summits that we're having in Washington, D.C. Nothing, nothing. All I go in here is that they are doing uh, numbers and statistics and talking about deaths, but nobody's addressing what do we do about the lives of the people who's walking around in addiction and who is on drugs. We, there's nothing we can do about the death. The deaths give us information that it's a killer drug, but what do we do about the life? But when I stand up and I talk about these things, they don't want to hear that. They want to stick to their agenda and talk about numbers and what's out here. Well, we know what's out here. I know what's out here because I'm on the ground running. I'm doing the leg work and the footwork. I'm a um, community person that has a community-based organization who helps people in her low-income community in which she resides. So, you know, they come with their letters behind their names and they stand up and they introduce themselves as such. But then, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I don't see any solutions to the problem. We don't turn the wheel. We just go to these opioid summers in the District of Columbia and we talk about the same thing where they have a clearance house company come in and gather this information. And I'm trying to figure out what are we going to do with the information at the end of their contract? Because, uh, you know, people just coming and giving stories about what is happening out here in the streets, community service workers, um, recovery coaches, you know, uh, psychologists. But what are we going to do with that information? What are we going to do on the prevention side? What laws and legislations are we going to put in place? What red tape are we willing to cut so that people can have access to recovery support services and, and, and even get access to treatment? Washington, D.C. does not have any inpatient substance use treatment facilities for our youth. Let me repeat. Washington, D.C. does not have any inpatient treatment facilities for our youth. And I constantly, constantly ask about those 
uh, treatment facilities being in existence because as I ride around in my community, I see a whole bunch of young people look like they floating down the street or either people at the bus stop laying over each other or bullets flying through the air because of an altered mindset via the substance abuse. So we have these public safety meetings. We talk about substance use and they talk about mental health. Well, they don't talk about substance use. Let me correct that. They do not talk about substance use. They talk about how do they detail crime. They talk about mental health, but nobody is really touching on substance abuse because they punks and they don't know what to do about it necessarily. And so people don't want to really touch on that topic. Instead, they just skirt around to mental illness. Well, I'm here to tell you that these acute mental illness episodes that we're seeing in our community are the result of an altered mindset from using substances. So that is what's been happening. I've been in the community, attending community-based meetings, meetings that that's been hosted by um, uh, the council member, meetings that's been hosted by our Department of Behavior Health. And I say, we're nowhere. We're just in discussion. And I am in disgusted with my life right now and the way things are going that I can't get help for my son. What I need is the red tape to stop being the, 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 uh, the red tape is, is causing the yellow tape. Let me repeat that. The red tape is causing the yellow tape police line. Do not cross in our communities because without access to proper treatment and care, Bullets will be continue to fly and lives will be continued to be affected by this awful, awful substance, a.k.a. substances that are out here in the street that our children are getting a hold of. Now, I hear a lot of talk around the adult substance abuse and treatment and recovery support services and programs, but I don't never hear them talk about youth. It is when I go in the room and I talk about youth or ask a question about youth is when someone will say something about it. But very rarely do I go anywhere and they talk about substance abuse and youth. It's always services for adults. Well, if you think about it and if anybody know anything about substance abuse, most substance abusers, if not all, have used substances as a youth. I repeat. Most substance abusers, if not all or nearly all, have started using substances as a a youth. The longer that we do things in our life, the more addicted we become. The longer we do things in our lives, it becomes who we are. And then that's when we're in denial about that something is wrong because we have made that a part of our DNA. And at that point, we we let that drive who we are and what we do every day. So there you have it. I also mentioned to you in previous episodes that my son, in order to get help, had to be touched by the criminal justice system or be truant in school and meet some type of criteria in order for me to have him pinned at court. Pins mean persons in need of supervision is where you can go to the court and ask the court to get involved in your life to help enforce or force someone or or mandate that they do certain things in their lives because you know they're heading down the wrong road or they're being destructive well 
he didn't meet those criteria because he wasn't a criminal. He was just a substance user. And so because of that, his life to my city was not important enough that he can get that mandated to go in substance treatment somewhere, somebody's grant, something. No, nobody, nobody, you know, cared enough just because he hadn't been touched by any other, uh, you know, system in the city or didn't meet any other criteria. So, you know, all those things were discussed in my previous episodes. So I just wanted to update you. My son is still using substances today and, um, I'm still out here on the ground running. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what to do. I'm a family member and I feel for any family member who has a child and they have to watch them just fall by the wayside like that. You know, I just want to say, be strong, hold on, have your bouts of tears, have your bouts of, uh, and acknowledge your feelings of whatever that may be. But, but, you know, all of these things are a challenge, but, um, you know, d- don't, you know, look down on yourself. This is the time to, to look up and hold your head up high and to be strong. You know, although you don't feel that way and although you feel like the unlucky one and although people have these stories about their children doing so well and going to college and you can't participate in those conversations, well, you know what? It's always a light at the end of the tunnel. And sometimes things happen for a reason and we don't know what that reason is right off, but that reason will be revealed to us in time. Who knows? Maybe you're going through what you go going through or your child or whatever is going through what they're going through so they can reach back after they get their self together to help a whole bunch of youth that's out here because they don't know how to do it because they knew what it was like out here in these streets. Like I say, I don't know, but you got to just have that current faith right now and just, you know, just believe as hard as it is to do. Just believe that everything is going to be all right. You know, I know it's easier said than done because I, I'm living in it. And, you know, some days I I say, no, I'm going to have that faith. And then some days I'm up at 11 and 12 o'clock at night looking out the window, wondering, is he going to make it home tonight? Or will he be one of the ones to overdose? You know, we human. It's hard to have faith when someone you love uh, is out here, you know, suffering in an addiction or doing something that is, you know, that, that, that you didn't necessarily see them doing that is hindering the family and the life, uh, the life, their life. But, um, nevertheless, I just wanted to, I didn't want to leave people hanging because, you know, I had to have my moments where, you know, I just spent around and spent around and spent around and cried and cried and cried and, cried. and, and more going to come. But, you know, uh, I, I, I felt like, you know, let me get on here because I don't know where this is going. I don't know who it's going to reach. And, um, you know, I just want to say, just hold on. Just if you pray, pray, whatever it is that you do that comforts you in the time, uh, such as this, you know, uh, do it. I am hoping to come back on here and talk about how to cope, how to cope as a human being and as a whole family while you're dealing with someone in an addiction, because I know that things get stolen your life is interrupted. The police come to your door. You get cursed out. You go through all these things, you know, and, and it's, you know, you want, you, you just don't know what to do. So I'm planning to have a support group for parents and to share some tools and tips that I've been doing and using in order to, you know, to maintain a livelihood, to maintain a job, 
to function for your other children or whatever else responsibility that you may have in your life while you're dealing with somebody in addiction and to also share and hopefully give you some tools that you can use to help support your loved one and share some resources maybe in your state or tell you how to have access to those resources because I've been out here and I I have something to offer somebody. And uh, one thing that I know for sure is that, um, you know, this is not an easy life dealing with someone in addiction. So I just wanted to come on here and say that, you know, if nothing else, although I don't know you, I love you. I love you enough to make this podcast. I love you enough to be vulnerable, to open myself up and put my life out here and to make that sacrifice that I felt was shameful and embarrassing to do. But I said, you know what? If my story can help lift somebody else up, why not? I'm currently active in this lifestyle with my son. So, you know, I just wanted to come on here and offer some support to somebody. It may be one person listening to somebody on here. If you need to reach out to me and I get you connected with some services in your state, I have those resources. I definitely have those resources because I have navigated just about everything out here that I can navigate. I have people here in Washington, D.C., um, I, I can go to the Capitol and talk to Congress on your behalf. I can piece together some things that need to be done and have some uh, uh, make some connections in your state with people here. And I say, you know, I don't necessarily know everything to do, but we can, we got to at least get them to talking and thinking about our children and our families by listening to exactly what it is that we need. So until next time, this is from my own personal perspective and not yours. And in the meantime, keep your head up. And like I said before, your girl, LaMonica Shanties, love you.